0: Don't have a breakdown folks, whether you're free falling in the standings or you got lucky with that last second touchdown in the chiefs game, or you're screaming, don't do me like that at the TV. We're only one quarter of the way through the NFL season. Even the losers can make a long, can make a big comeback. And there's something in the air now that bye weeks are starting. We're all still running down the same dream. And even if things look bleak, we won't back down. Let's run up the score. you're listening to Run Up The Score, a fantasy football podcast. Hello, hello, hello everybody and welcome to Run Up The Score. It's Donald on our week five preview here with Scott. Hey. And Tom Hillier. Hey everybody. And we are here for your week five preview as I mentioned. Why is it too? Some really good matchups, some really interesting matchups coming into week five and it's the first week of bye week so for those of you who are expecting to hear about guys like Julio Jones, Kirk Cousins, uh, Drew Brees—wait, no, Saints don't have a buy. Do they? But they sure oh, they do. do. Uh, Drew Brees, you Trevor. Never drafted
1: Drew Brees. So how could you possibly know when his exactly? Bye <laughs> so
0: that's why I—that's why there's three of us. So uh, Saints, Falcons, Washington, and Denver on buys this week. So you're not going to be hearing about those guys at all. You will be hearing though about our guys that we are shutting down this week. You'll also be hearing about our guys who we're feeling this week. So, gentlemen, how do we want to start this week?
1: Well, first of all, Julio, rest up. Good week to get hurt right before the bye week, you know. Rest up and uh, we'll be ready for you come week six. Um, Starting with uh, if we want to move on to, I guess we can
0: can lead off with Taffer. All right, let's do it. Shut it down. So, Scotty, who are we shutting down with our quarterbacks right now? Tom's going to be pissed about this one. (laughs) I'm sorry, Tom, but I'm shutting down Andy Dalton.
2: That's all right. I'm benching him where I got him as well.
1: Okay, um... You know, he's just facing, it's not even really about him, you know, I think that he's made a lot of progress over these past two weeks, especially with his new offensive coordinator, but it's really more toward the Bills defense being one that I think you should avoid unless you have a really elite-level quarterback. Um, It's kind of piggybacking, it it looks very Simeon-like, how you shut down Simeon against the Bills after he had two really strong weeks in a row, and then the Bills come into town and... uh, and kind of take him down. I kind of see the same thing going for Dalton. You know, he was probably going to throw a couple picks and, you know, maybe only like one touchdown.
2: Yeah, I'm actually sitting Dalton for Tyrod in the leagues that I've got him. So where I've totally waited on quarterback, I'm sticking to everything that I've said. Yeah. And uh, I'm rolling with it.
0: So, Tom, who are you shutting down at quarterback then this week?
2: I am shutting down Russell Wilson. Now, I understand that that's a hefty claim, um, especially after two really good weeks. He's been hot. Yeah. He's been hot. So, I'm just telling you the storyline of how it might go bad. So if you've got another good option if you're one of those people with two solid quarterbacks, it might be worth a look at someone other than Russell Wilson this week. Russell Wilson career versus the Rams is 5 and 5, which you really wouldn't expect given the Seahawks, you know, dynasty and how bad been, the Rams were and how bad the Rams have been, but the Rams have always had their number. It's a divisional game. Russell Wilson only has one game against the Rams with over 2 touchdowns and very many with one or two picks. So it's a sloppy game. Yep. A lot of the time it's low scoring. The only time that he's thrown over or 3 or over and it was 3 was last year. Okay. So, you know, you have that recent issue where, you know, I don't hate starting Russell Wilson, but I'm just telling you that the possibility is a, is a big one on the roulette wheel of likely outcomes roulette or russell wilson's um faltering has a has a large market share he's yeah, really they,
0: been roulette wilson this year too that's a really <laughs> that's actually like you kind of backed into a great nickname for him i have russell wilson in a league my backup quarterback is andrew luck so i have to roll him out but tom i think you did just convinced me like it's too much of a roulette wheel and it's you know you basically got to hit double you got to hit one of the greens to get a good game out of him against the Rams so you know I'm I'm worried about him too especially in uh, in season long cuz like I said I don't think a lot of people are going to have better options especially with bye starting this week I'm going Cam Newton traveling to Detroit uh playing against a tough defense on the road and this was before he made those comments about that to that female reporter in his press conference. Um, there's just no place in the world for that. Uh, just mocking a female reporter for asking him what I thought was a very legitimate question about Devin Funchess' increase in production. Um, you can check it out later if you want. I, it's pretty bad, but uh, but I don't like the I don't like the matchup. And you know, one good game against a defense that's letting up yards and points at a at an alarming rate already this season. Before Record. he rolled into town, Level, yeah, yeah, it's just not. You know, Detroit's a better matchup than New England's defense is right now. So I'm, I'm, benching Cam, and I'm still rolling out the uh, Lions' defense where I have them.
2: Yeah, what's scarier than someone who is playing bad is someone who's playing wildly inconsistent, right? Yeah. So if you roll him out every week, you might rack up some L's which is yeah. what we're trying to avoid ultimately here so as encouraging as last week was I agreed on it's you're you're not going to feel confident starting him this week no matter what so once again if you've got another option I'd look at it it's tough because he all of the guys me that when got, I shut
1: him down last week so <laughs> yeah it's gonna stay quiet but let you guys I don't talk. think
2: we were alone in that um the problem is is all the quarterbacks on by right now you know right um even the Simeons, the Drew Brees, uh, Cousins, Cousins, cousins. Ryan, know, uh, Ryan, this is, like Derek Carr's hurt, exactly. Those Mario are, to hurt, exactly. So while we're saying, you know, you could do better than these guys. Hopefully, someone's available like the guys we're gonna bring up on the other side of the coin. But for now, I guess we'll get to the other positions of the. Uh, the shutter down. Yeah. So Tom,
0: let's go to uh your running back. Cause you just switched. So I don't want to give you more time to overthink this one. So who's your shut it down running back right now.
2: All right. So the running back that I'm really afraid of this week in a funny way is Duke Johnson, because for once we're seeing the Browns are favored to win a game. <laughs> this is the first time that game script might actually work against Duke Johnson that we've seen in a long, long time. They're playing the jets and, And they're home. So provided they can be a home team, Miles Garrett coming back this week. He tweeted it out in a foreign language. So, you know, I guess it's confirmed (laughs) that he's coming back. Someone else confirmed it, not us. (laughs) Google Translate confirms that he's back. So hopefully, you know, the, the Browns can start to pick something up, put stuff together. The Jets are still a soft opponent in my eyes. They're playing well, but... The Browns at home have an opportunity to do something good. If the game is tight, it's not Duke Johnson. Most of Duke Johnson's, a staggering amount of Duke Johnson's points have come with them trailing by over seven points. Right, And I just don't see them trailing by that large of a number. I think if you had to start Duke Johnson, you'd be all right. But I'm really saying that I think this is going to be the first time you see Isaiah Crowell's, um, the what the plan was for him start to take into effect and Duke Johnson kind of fall by the wayside a little bit this week.
0: I'm serving uh, my second episode of a two episode sentence of loving the Jets. So I got to just say, I can't believe the Jets aren't favored to win this game. Um, But it is an interesting one. This could be, this could be a really close game where, you know, time of possession and field position come into play. And if, you're the Browns, the running back that you want in for that portion of the game is Isaiah Crowell. So, you know, it is tough for Duke Johnson. Scott, you've got another guy who's been on the rise so far this year as your shut it down running back in Amir Abdullah.
1: Yeah, I like him, too. Um, and I thought he really ran well against a good defense last week. But he gets another really tough defense this, this week. Um Nobody's even really trying to run on the Panthers. There's only been 84 rush attempts against them this season, which is top five in the league, Um, you know, top five lowest in the league. So the way you move the ball on Carolina is through the air. That doesn't necessarily mean that Theo Riddick is going to come in and dominate the touches for Abdullah, but I think it's more of a Golden Tate type of game, and I think Abdullah... Still gets probably 15 to 20 carries, but only gets, you know, 60 to 80 yards and doesn't get to the end zone.
0: Yeah, it's a tough matchup for him because when you think about running back production against the Panthers this year, you had Carlos Hyde week one set the record for um, or set his career high for most catches. You know, Shady McCoy really only did his work against the um the Panthers out of the back, catching out of the backfield. Right. Alvin Kamara was the Saints' running back to produce against them, and the Patriots kind of were patrioting and had Deion Lewis score. So it's a they're a really tough defense to get running back production from. So I think you're right with the Abdullah call. Yeah, I think he'll be good for the
1: rest of the year, but you know this is one week that Taffers going to have to shut him down. This is
0: an interesting game though because if I feel like if Abdullah produces again against a second. Tough defense in a row and dominates the touches, I think we can kind of put him in the he's for real category.
2: Yeah, and it should be noted that last week he had more targets than Theo Riddick. So if that is something that continues, which is something that I expect to not continue, yeah. But if it does, then that's you know, that's it's something to care about big time. For sure.
0: We're moving on to my shut it down running back, and I've got Melvin Gordon, which hurts because he's uh he's got a soft spot in my heart. I uh, love the guy. He's I think he's great. I think he's really turned in the corner, uh, becoming a great pro. But he's just not healthy right now. Yeah, and he plays a really good defense against the run. So far, the only defense, that, the only offense that's really run the ball well against the Giants is, is Ezekiel Elliott and the Cowboys. So I don't think Melvin Gordon's at that level, and he's certainly not at that level of health right now uh, with the bone bruise in his knee. So it's tough. It's it's tough to trust him, especially in daily fantasy you know he's a, he's another one of those guys where season long you got to keep rolling him out as long as he's healthy but right now he's not worth the dfs investment until we see that he's 100% healthy i think you're right um i
1: think that there's you know the only thing is, is there's a really good chance he he crosses the painted line into the end zone which could kind of nuke your prediction but i agree his his yards per carry have been way down, and he's not getting the targets because they don't want him getting banged up, I, I guess. I mean, if they're willing to give him carries, I don't understand why they're not willing to target him in the pass game. But,
0: you know, they're not doing it, so you have to take that for what it's worth. Do you see, Scott, a possibility where he's more susceptible to hits in that knee out of the backfield than in the ground game? And maybe that's why that that role has decreased for him so far this year? I mean, I I
1: guess, but he's still getting hit no matter what. Like, you know, the bigger type receivers are normally the guys who get hit on their legs and get targeted kind of towards their knees. So if he's running routes out there, he's – I mean, I'm not a football expert, but I I just wouldn't really see him getting hit on his knees too much. The problem is that – you know when he's running in a pile i would think if you're running it through the through the line you know there's a better chance you get hit your knee
0: true let's stay with that game scott because you've got a wide receiver that you're shutting down in this giants chargers game yeah same team
1: actually um shutting down Keenan Allen uh he's been great uh but he really hasn't done that well against top level corners uh Akib Talib pretty much owned him he got like a you know like a two yard slant touchdown uh late in that game when the Chargers were in comeback mode but you know it wasn't he had five catches for about 30 yards and then besides that touchdown and then he goes and plays the Chiefs where you know Marcus Peters kind of gives him the work a little bit I expect the Jack Rabbit to kind of do the same not a Not a terribly, you know, nuke-worthy game from Keenan Allen because he's going to get you that baseline volume, but you know, no DFS. And if I have a guy who I I I, I'm thinking about starting for a high potential week, maybe I pull the trigger and bench him.
0: Okay, Um, I'm going with Sammy Watkins. He's playing against Seattle this week. I just think you know it was a get right game. The Seahawks defense he started at the end of that game against the Colts on Sunday night, kind of start to get their swagger back and. We still don't exactly know what his role is going to be. They're trying to use him in different ways. And and against the Cowboys, that way was not using him at all. So, you know, there, there's worry. There's a worrisome time here for Sammy Watkins owners. You know, you, you rolled him out because he had two touchdowns against the Niners, but, you know, he doesn't play the Niners every week, so I don't know that you can count on that level of production. Um, how do you guys feel Sh- about that? I think
1: Sean McVay is like uh, – like- it's almost like how the Patriots kind of weirdly game plan running backs. It seems like the Rams like weirdly game plan their receivers into the game because Sammy Watkins has two touchdowns uh, two weeks ago and then does really pretty much nothing. Robert Woods had a hundred yards in that same game and didn't really do much. It was more Cooper Cup and Gurley, so it's it's interesting to see maybe maybe McVay is doing that. But I agree with you. You can't you can't start Sammy
2: when he's going to see Sherman a lot. Yeah, I agree. It's just a tough schedule. It's a shame for anyone who drafted Watkins before the trade that now he's not playing the Patriots, you know, teams like that. Now he's getting now he's getting these really tough corners. So it really could have been a a banner year for him. I don't think it's gonna be a horrible year for him, but you know, those matchups are just they're gonna give you less confidence to trot him out there.
0: Yeah, Watkins with two his first of two Seattle matchups coming up this week and he still gets Patrick Peterson twice later this year. Tom Scott and I just shut down two wide receivers. You're shutting down a whole damn team or yeah, a whole damn I mean, unit. I just want to, so,
2: you know, let people know that you know these guys are high draft capital picks. So it's it's hard to sit them, but it's it's the right move right now, especially with the way Amari Cooper has been playing. The health of Michael Crabtree, we really, really don't know how perfectly this is going to go with EJ Manuel at the helm playing quarterback. Right. As you know, Derek Carr's not playing, so. Even just one week of watching, you know, we'll see if EJ Manuel has a good relationship with one of these guys, if he's peppering one especially. But right now, um, to, to to pay the ticket price, you know, right. t- the admission price is not worth what you want to see down the road, right? Yeah. So, like, I, I'd at least give it this one week. I know that the, the, that defense, the Titans defense, let up a lot – or sorry, they're not playing the Titans. <laughs> the Ravens let up a lot of points in recent memory, yep. but you're going to have to kind of forget that and maybe even use the Ravens defense as a, as a streaming option as I am. I'm not too affected by the recency bias kind of stuff. You know, I'll trot Andy Dalton out there after going negative. Right. So I just think given the state of affairs, no Raiders receivers and yes, Ravens defense. So I have, um, a start sit kind of
1: question that I think that people will, associate this kind of name with like somewhat, like a group of people because there's a lot of guys kind of like him, I think. So I have Crabtree in the league. Obviously, I'm just as concerned as, as what Tom said. Do I bench him for Jerron Brown, who's seen 90% of the snap share two weeks in a row, for the Cardinals to have thrown 40-plus times two weeks in a row
2: and play a pretty beatable secondary? For me, when Scott asked me right before we started recording, I said Funchess right? Yeah. But the funny thing is, is Funchess is taken. And it's a good way to describe Jerron Brown, because him and Funchess have been having like a similar... Right, I mean, to Even right like now. a Tyrell Williams. Their I think market is share kind of is of very next- much the same in their offense right now. Right. So, to me, it actually does make sense to go Jerron Brown. I think there's other guys, you know, maybe like the Amendolas, anyone, if they're out there, like, if you could start someone on the Patriots, I would go ahead and do that. But it's scary to play Jaron Brown, but I mean, you gotta admit when you play someone like that, it's also very fun when it works out. Yeah, oh, yeah.
0: it's it's more of a throw in the dark than you'd like, especially in a, in a pivotal Week Five. A lot of two and two teams hoping to go three and two this week. Um, I like it. I think it's a great option in a non Crabtree world, especially because if Crabtree's chest injury was non-existent, I think it would be a little bit easier for or a little bit better argument for him but with that lingering chest injury I mean that can go at any time just like rib injuries could you know that whole sternum area is really tough to gauge you know the amount of pain that a guy can take so I would I would be fine rolling Jerron Brown out there especially like Tom said give the Raiders a week without Derek Carr to kind of see if you're going to be able to trust these guys kind of like how he said that with uh the Vikings in a post Sam Bradford world yeah so let's move to tight ends then and I'll stick with the Vikings since I just brought them up. I'm shutting down Kyle Rudolph on the condition that case Keenum is still the starting quarterback for Minnesota. He's been largely forgotten, particularly yep. in the red zone. Um, you know, I think with, with Murray uh, rolling out there as they're running back, they might want to try and get him a look on the goal line, which he was very good at converting last year. And, you know, Rudolph's just not getting the looks between the twenties or in the red zone where he was very prolific last year for me to be able to trust him. And I, I've actually had the luxury of playing against him the last two weeks, and I know he just has not been performing the way that you would expect.
2: Yeah, I like that.
1: Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think that he's like teetering on the brink of season-long shutdown if if Sam Bradford can't get back and, and get healthy because you know who knows with Bradford? These injuries for him last forever.
2: Yeah. A big part of Rudolph's upside was um, his reception totals, and right now it's not there. So once you subtract that, He's just a run of the he's mill the, tight end as far pit, as right now. The nasty pit of tight ends.
0: Tom, unfortunately, you got you made a great call on this guy, but this week he's your shutdown tight end. You've got Tyler Croft.
2: Yeah, I just want to let the people know, you know, Tyler yeah. Croft rocks. There's no doubt about <laughs> it. But I respect that Buffalo defense. Same reason I shut down uh Simeon versus them. I don't same reason Scott's shutting down Andy Dalton versus right. them right now. It's not a great matchup. Um, and I don't expect Tyler Croft to go off like that every week. It's something that I try to, uh, I try to beat over the head that the tight end versus the Browns is often very successful unless they're Jack Doyle, which is just still puzzling. Me. <laughs> but you know, I've I've got my excuses for that, and uh, I just don't think that Tyler Croft is going to be like this uh, waiver wire hero, you know, which is why we didn't really bring him up as much on Tuesday.
0: Yeah, it was a it was. A Browns week for him for sure. I agree, Scott. We're moving to your tight end, a guy that you know a lot of people I think were surprised by in the early weeks, and now his production has kind of regressed back to what we had thought that it would be. You've got Jason Witten,
1: yeah. I mean, he just doesn't have target volume anymore. He yeah. had like 25 targets or 24 targets over the first uh two weeks, and he's seen like six over the next two. Uh, it's interesting, you know, they've been on TV, so I've been watching the games and. I guess he's been, you know, it seems like he's been blocking more recently. But either way, he's not getting the target share. And the Packers have been incredible against tight ends this year. They haven't allowed one to go over 45 receiving yards yet. So,
0: Jason Witten, keep him on your bench this week. All right. From our guys that we're shutting down to, a, to guys that we just have a great feeling about. Scott, can you feel it? I can feel it. I can feel it down in my plums. All right, let's get to our plum picks for this week. And I'm going to start because we were talking about roulette, and I'm riding a, I'm riding a hot hand in a dice game. Scott, you had Jacoby Brissett as your plum pick quarterback. He's my plum pick quarterback against the 49ers this week. Nice. Never Love leave it. the table when you're on a heater. Absolutely <laughs> well, not.
1: I didn't pick Brissett last week, so just to be clear, two weeks it was ago. two weeks ago. But um, I think it's a good call. I think that that game, I'm like – really interested in. If I have guys in that game, I'm going to start them. All right. For sure. Scotty, how about yours? My plum pick quarterback has his little taste of revenge after being let go from the team he's playing. It's Josh McCown. Jets quarterback, baby. I can't believe this. And
2: Hey, versus the Browns. The Browns have sneakily
1: been pretty good against running backs this year, which means – the man is going to have to stand back there and sling the ball probably 30 times. And if you're able to do that 30 times against this Browns defense, our boy Robbie Anderson's getting loose for one deep one. Our boy Austin Safarian Jenkins is getting loose for a touchdown of his own.
2: Who will get to?
1: And then I think Bilal Powell, you know, maybe catches one of those screens that Gio Bernard caught and like nobody from the Browns was within 20 yards of him and he just walks straight in the end zone from 40 yards. I see something like that kind of going on. Josh McCown, two
0: fifty and three touchdowns this week. All right, Tom, and you're cracking at the bit to give us your plum pick quarterback. So let's get to it. Well,
2: totally worth mentioning the McCown, great uh, Fanduel, DraftKings guy this week. He's gonna right. be he's gonna be dirt cheap. Uh, my guy, he seems to be available in a lot of the leagues that I'm in. He's not really getting that respect right now, and that's Philip Rivers. You know, you don't have to be. Razor efficient as an NFL quarterback to produce as a fantasy football quarterback. Just ask Blake. Rivers lives that dream. (laughs) He's playing the giants who we've mentioned has, have some struggles versus the tight end. They continued last week with my boy, Cameron break. That's right. And now they're facing a team who has two very good tight ends. So if they can't handle one, they certainly can't handle two of this caliber. I think, that we mentioned, Keenan Allen might struggle a little bit with Janoris Jenkins, right? right? But we saw last week Tyrell Williams stepping up. We see Brandon Oliver doing things out of the backfield. I think Melvin Gordon, you know, I, we were shutting him down here too, but I think he's gonna he's enough of a threat that opens up different sort of lanes, especially yep. with those tight end, that play action, that kind of stuff. Philip Rivers can throw a pick here and he'll still have a great day. He could throw two the, and still have a great which day, which is the hallmark of Philip Rivers. I think that. This is a great week for him. I'm personally still deciding on whether the roulette wheel tips enough that I'm starting him over Russell Wilson. All right. The final verdict that will come out on Twitter, at FL <laughs> nice I'm still talk. very much pacing up and down the room about that one. <laughs> but I, I am leaning that way. I, I really think this is a week where he can shine. Definitely passed that 20-point mark for the first time in the season. Last week, 19.
0: All right, let's move to our Plum pick running backs. And, Scott, we got to start with you because your Plum pick running back hasn't played a game yet this year. He has not.
1: Um, It's Doug Martin. And the reason why, I'm not a big Doug Martin supporter, and I never have been. But for this week, I'm just trying to think what I would feel like if I was the head coach. And I have this guy who has been out the first four weeks of this season. You know, he hasn't really been here, but he knows my playbook very well. And played in preseason, played in preseason and looked great in the preseason. And, you know, there hasn't been any setbacks that are noteworthy. So you have to assume that Doug Martin is, by all accounts, 100 percent ready to rock as fresh as you can be. So now let's bake in the fact that he plays against a Patriots defense that is record settingly bad at this point against running backs, against receivers, against anyone on offense, basically anyone with a pulse. And it's a short week. So you have that baked into, you know, Jaquiz Rogers seeing a lot of work last week and and Charles Sims getting work in the past game. These these running backs are not gonna be as fresh as they would be if they had a full week of rest and Doug Martin has a month of rest. So I think he's gonna step in and, and get like fifteen touches, but be really effective and score.
2: Yeah, Doug Martin not the picture of consistency over a career, but I can totally see what you're saying. The only downside is that he hasn't really been practicing with the team. And by hasn't really, I mean he couldn't because he was right. suspended. But like you said, he knows the playbook. He played well in preseason. He's going to be fresh. So that short week, as much as it is a constraint, is also a tempting bit of information. Yeah. And I do like it. I like him over Latavius Murray this week. I like him over a lot of guys that people are really excited about, even though the the hype is a little quiet on this one because there's not much in the news
0: and that's almost a good thing, especially for Doug Martin. He yeah. had that phantom benching uh, week 16, which really might have set some people back in their championship runs. Um, but I like the Doug Martin call because we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. You know, what did Jaquiz Rogers, what did Jaquiz Rogers,
2: <laughs> said <laughs> that like a
0: like a kindergarten. Wildbuck, <laughs> uh, what did Jaquiz Rogers really do to say, like, I can hold off Doug Martin? Nothing. No. And well, you know, Doug Martin did look Giants. great.
2: A good week, week one, uh, pedestrian. Week, yeah, good week, week one because they didn't one play. For him, week two, so <laughs> right. then his week three was right. a little more pedestrian. Yeah. But I don't think that he had even close to some of the games that he had last year in Doug Martin's absence, and he still didn't fend him off. Body type wise, he's just not the um the bell cow back yeah. frame. It's it's not gonna work over the course of sixteen. He's not games. a muscle hamster. He's not the muscle hamster right. like Dougie.
0: So from a guy that has not played a game yet this year to a guy who's played every game from every year since like nineteen seventy nine, Tom, you got a veteran as your plum pick running back.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna go with Frank Gore here. I was thinking about doing JGI, but I'll talk about him in, in the in the actual games uh rundown. Frank Gore deserves it, you know. I feel it in my plum. He deserves everything. He deserves it all. So, you know Frank
0: Gore for president.
2: I can't I can't take it out from under him. I know he's really excited that I was gonna give him the plumb pick this week. He's oh, listening, yeah. he's a big no fan. Doubt. Just kidding. Um But he's he's facing the 49ers, and it's just your your weekly reminder to load him up versus the forty ers Revenge game, two baby. game. You know we're not gonna forget that. <laughs> and the running back position just slaughters them. Yep. You know, if you even wanted to throw you know the Marlon Max of the world out there. If he's perfectly healthy, go right ahead. But it's a Frank Gore game. It's going to be a Frank Gore show. If they're on the one yard line, they want Frank Gore to get the plunge versus that team this week, and they absolutely do. Frank Gore is capable of very many things. In half point PPR scoring, he hasn't even broken the the double digit threshold more than once. But he's another guy teetering at that nine column. Right. I think here you go. This is a week for him. This is a good one. This is the reason that we asked you to draft this guy. He's very good with the right matchup. He's as good as anyone.
0: Yep. Luck resumed practice as of, I think, today or yesterday.
2: So the Colts are feeling
0: happy. Yeah. An inspired Colts bunch. Uh, My plump pick running back is Lamar Miller. Uh, The Chiefs have been like a very sneaky, like, bend but don't break type of defense. Oh, and yeah.
2: I don't even know how sneaky that is. That's kind of like their philosophy. Yeah,
0: and you know who else had that kind of philosophy so far this year? The Tennessee Titans. And when Hurricane Deshaun comes in... <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, that was a tough Texas not, reference. No, yeah, yeah. Not, not, not my best call. <laughs> Sorry about that. Wow. Um, but anyway, um, you know, the Houston offense looks great. It looks like Watson's kind of unlocked something in that offense. And Lamar Miller, we saw how much he reaped the benefits of it against Tennessee. And I think it's going to be the same thing against Kansas city. You know, they're coming off a short week. They're coming off a very, you know, weird game. Um, you know, the, the backdoor cover of the, of the, uh, fumble return touchdown, which we didn't even talk about that probably swung so many people's matchups. Yeah. Um, so, you know, just a lot of, uh, a lot of working against Kansas city and you know, the defense, I mean, they've made besides plays when they've had they to lose, Yeah. Besides the fact that they haven't <laughs> lost, but you know, The Titans kind of were like that too. Like they weren't playing that well, didn't won two games in a row, and then Houston came in and demolished them. So it was, you know, it's. I think it's going to be a good Texans week still, even though it's a not as positive matchup. I love
1: the Texans, and I think they're really good. So I really love Watson too. So if you're going to start anybody on that offense, I'm cool with it. And. You know, hopefully the Chiefs will uh, get you another pass interference in the end zone like they did against the uh, Patriots three times. And Lamar Miller will end up having himself a big day. Well, All the right. thing
2: with Lamar Miller, too, is that uh, a, a mobile quarterback like him is going to – well, you know, like Watson is going to open up more lanes for Miller. And we, we kind of did see that. You know, he was walking in on these touchdowns. Yep. So it's hard to bench a guy or not respect a guy after he gives you that kind of performance last week. You don't want to play too much of that recency bias. and You know, I was just talking about that. But, you know, hard not to when when that guy gives you those kind of numbers and the new formula is what's leading to it. So welcome to the new formula, hopefully. And I
0: got to be honest, I really need a good Lamar Miller week for the Internet (laughs) Celeb League. So that's kind of informing me. Uh, Tom, you're in love with the Colts Niners matchup. Pierre Garçon is your plum pick wide receiver.
2: I love it. I I think Pierre Garçon is going to be a great pick this week where a few weeks removed from his reception bonanza revenge can, game oh <laughs> uh, i'm gonna get to it sky <laughs> stealing my revenge game I
0: can't, I can't help myself i love him
2: um <laughs> uh, but we're a few weeks removed from his reception bonanza you know burst out onto the fantasy scene and uh in the meantime he's had some tough matchups right so right. i've been kind of waiting and waiting and waiting to use him now this week i'm using him where i've got him he's getting in my lineup you know at you start Antonio Brown and Pierre Garçon this week. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like I have a lineup that looks like that right. even though I've got Alshon Jeffrey. Right. You see what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, I, I like uh, I like the purchase of Garçon in uh, daily as well. I think he's he could easily have a big day. Yeah,
2: DraftKings over FanDuel with the full PPR, of course, for yeah. me as a preference. But um, Marquise Goodwin dealing with a concussion. So another guy, a receiving option that's going to be gone from that scheme. You know that's more of a concern when you play against a team with a, a really good defensive backfield, a really good um, thing going, and right. that's certainly right now not the Colts.
0: That ain't the Colts, no. <laughs> yeah, Vontae uh,
2: Davis, a a good veteran player who stole my haircut appointment when the Super Bowl <laughs> was in Phoenix. You know um, that is true, but I think <laughs> hashtag stats. <laughs> I think I, I mean Pierre Garcon. I think is locked and loaded. He's very, very, very talented. I think this could be like a, a ten catch week.
0: Scotty, for your plum pick wide receiver, you're sticking with the Chargers Giants matchup, but it's not the receiver that you'd expect. No, it's not. It's Sterling Shepard. Sterling Shepard. And Sheppard. uh I think Sterling's gonna have himself a good
1: day. I
2: love that you did that. We haven't we haven't brought that out yet. <laughs> no.
1: Um The Chargers really can't cover in the in the defensive backfield. They they've done a pretty poor job and uh, Sterling Shepard won't see any of Casey Hayward. So that's not really going to be a concern. I was going to
2: say Casey Hayward, you know,
1: he can, he can do a fair but amount. He's
2: going to be, he's going to be, he's going to have his, his hands eyes cool. elsewhere.
1: Right. Exactly. Um, so I think that he's a great start this week. Uh, the, the Chargers have also actually been very good against tight ends. So working that middle of the field, short to intermediate range is kind of where Shepard does a lot of his damage and, the tight end seems like it will be covered, and the slot receivers have done very well. I think Shepard is going to have himself a very big week, like seven or eight catches, and I think he gets to the
0: end zone. All right, that is a big, big Shepard week. I'm going with Adam Thielen. I think this is the week that he breaks his touchdown drought. He hasn't scored all all year. Uh, Chicago gave up two touchdowns basically in the slot to uh, the Packers. You know, they had the uh, the rub route for Devontae Adams, and then they had like the fake rub route uh, for Randall Cobb and. That was kind of how Aaron Rodgers put the Bears defense to bed. I think that it's a very susceptible play, and it's, I think, a play that plays well to uh, Thielen's skills. So I like Adam Thielen this week. I mean, he's in the top 15 in receiving yards, so I, I think he's say, a pretty easy play anyway. I kind of like him every week. Yeah, I just think that, you know, he's just not getting that attention. Number one, because of how well Diggs is playing, and number two, because, you know, he really hasn't had that sustained greatness yet.
2: No, I agree. I mean, I think this could totally be a week where he finds the end zone. And I think that's good evidence of, you know, route runners that have fared comparably versus this opponent.
0: Yeah. Scott, we're going to stay with that game for your plum pick at tight end. Right. I am going with Zach Miller. Um, The Vikings
1: have allowed four catches to four separate tight ends this year, and two of them have scored. I know that's not, that's not glowing numbers. That's not huge numbers, but in this day and age of the NFL where the tight ends are right now at this point in the season, that's that's pretty good. If you're getting four catches and basically a coin flip at a touchdown, you can combine that with, you know, Trubisky coming in with his first start normally leans toward tight ends. The Bears have no receivers, so he's really their best pass catcher outside of Tariq Cohen. I think he can, you know, give you like six catches and, and he's got as good a chance to get in the end zone as any one of these other, you know, tight ends you want to reel off the
2: list. Yeah, and there's a lot that are unavailable this week as well. So it's a it's a thin week, which I'll take a segue here. Brings me to Don's. Yeah. Because it's a thin week, and uh, Don's I think is a is a touchdown play here as well.
0: This is a touchdown or bust play. It's Antonio Gates. Um, you know all of these. T- basically, every noteworthy tight end that's played against the Giants this year, including your Jason Witten, Cameron Brate, and OJ Howard last week. Every notable tight end that's played against the Giants has scored against them. I think it's Eric not unle- It's not impossible that Rivers, Tom's Plum Pit quarterback, gets a touchdown to Gates and Hunter Henry. But I wasn't. Feeling it enough to put them both in my plum picks. I didn't have a pair of plums this week. so well, you, It was so cool you...
2: because like, you're saying, this is more like a, uh, oh crap, Jack Doyle has a concussion. He's not going to get out a con- concussion protocol. Who can I turn to? My waiver wire's depleted. Oh, old faithful Antonio Gates. Did you guys know there. he played
0: basketball in college? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think people bring that up enough.
2: All right.
1: but I agree with you I think that he's you know like I said he's one of those guys who's probably going to catch a couple passes and is more likely to score a touchdown than
0: the other pick of the litter and he's playing a team that's inept at covering tight ends so far this year.
2: I was actually going to use him once I saw that Scott had already made his plum picks because I was sure that Scott's plum pick was going to be this one so So who is yours? I used his you used mine you know a little bit of I'll show you yours, you show me mine. I and used mine them last week. Which I'll show you is Austin Zafiri and Jenkins. Mm. Even if you used him last week, I don't mind. He's playing the Browns, folks. <laughs> and he's getting a large percentage target share. More than most tight ends in the league are getting. This is a match made in fantasy heaven. And if you're talking daily stuff, Scott, you're all about it I, this week. I know it's hard to say no to the McCowan safarian jenkins stack it's tough for me to do it's just out
1: there for you and it's like probably i haven't uh, to be honest i haven't looked at the cost i normally take my friday at work to you know rip through my my fan duel stuff and my DraftKings stuff but um you know i haven't looked at the price but i bet you that those two are cheaper than antonio brown or you know what are oh, those, what one of those just one yeah i was gonna say counts? they're
2: probably the cheapest tight end quarterback combo even if you went Philip Rivers, Antonio Gates, you probably would be paying more. Right. The only way I think you could get cheaper, but I don't think you're as uh, comfortable with it, is like EJ Manuel and Cook.
0: You right. know what I mean? Yeah.
2: Which I, I don't think EJ Manuel can go out here and have a good game, but you know, it, with DraftKings and FanDuel, this is just a little bit of unsolicited advice. I like to pay for what I, I'm pretty sure is already going to happen. Yeah. I don't like to take a radical chance, like. I've never even seen EJ Manuel play a full game in a Raiders uniform. Right. So no, no, thank you. No. Yeah.
0: All right. So those are our plump picks. And before that, our shut it down picks for the week. Let's run down the slate. Uh Thursday mm-hmm. night, we got a really interesting one, kind of like a must-win for the Patriots. Uh they're playing the Buccaneers. I think that's going to be a very high-powered uh offensive game. You know, we talked about the Patriots defense. The Bucks defense has been giving it up too. Oh yeah. So oh, yeah. They're, like there are no start slouches everybody. at letting guys in the end zone. So this is a great this is a great game. I think it's gonna be a great start to the week. Uh, you know, I, I think I'm foaming at the mouth if I have Tom Brady in this game.
1: Are we starting to get to a point where like when we say start everybody for the Pats, it means not Gillisley, or are we still putting him in that starting realm?
2: I think in standard, um, he's a guy you can rely on a lot more. In PPR formats, I think you get those bailout reception total running backs, and they're going to outdo Gillisley. It's going to be a lot like, and this is almost a lazy comparison, but it's so true, LeGarrette Blunt last year. Yeah. You know, I don't think he's going to have 18 touchdowns. Most people in the NFL don't get 18 touchdowns. Right. So you're not going to be starting Gillisley in like full point PPR leagues. But in standard stuff, he can totally make you eat your words. And uh, just to toot my own horn, he didn't make me eat my own words when I shut him down.
0: Nice. There we go. Um. Yeah, start everybody, right?
2: Um. I think Cameron Brait, total must start in this one. Um, he's just such a talented tight end, and he's can function as almost like a wide receiver two in that offense. Yep. And if you're playing a wide receiver two versus the Patriots right now, you're happy to do it. I think at the same coin you can get Deshaun Jackson. He's a little bit more of a one-trick pony, so that's why I give Cameron Brait the, uh, the little upgrade there. Clearly, you go Mike Evans, and just like I was saying before with the Patriots, Amadol, Hogan, you name it.
0: Yep.
1: Wham. If you catch passes from Brady, you should be started.
0: Yeah. yeah. All righty, Bills, Bengals. We talked about this a little bit uh, with the Andy Dalton uh, shut and the Tyler Croft shut him downs. Uh, you know, Joe Mixon's a tough running back to trust right now. Tough one this week. Uh, Gio Bernard, I think, does get a uptick in targets just because I think the Bills' defense is going to be all over the field against this Bengals team that's you know the offense i just it's not quite there yet.
2: You're still starting AJ Green of course he's a stud never said him really. Um Bills receivers Charles Clay. I'm just going Charles Clay. Yeah. Yeah,
1: it's just Charles Clay but he has a tough matchup this week too. Um and Shady too, you know
2: obviously you got to roll Shady out. Shady's got a good matchup as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Vontae's perfect on the other side of the ball. He's back. You know, he's he's a pretty rough-housing guy out there. <laughs> um, and he's going to be on Charles Clay and the linebacking you know, tight end kind of mix up there. And he's going to be running down Shady as best he can. So he's kind of like a, a linchpin of the defense. And now that he's back, the team's getting a little better sort of thing. So it's going to be a little bit more of a defensive battle, I think. Than yeah,
1: this. it's going to be an Ugo. That's what I think,
0: too. Low-scoring. And that's the, that's what the Bills want this year. They want to they want to play you ugly because they can beat you ugly.
2: And they just might.
0: Yeah. Uh speaking of ugly, but a game we've covered basically every facet of Jets Browns.
2: Let's think about what's it.
0: left what's left to say. There's McCown some... ASJ stack. Let's do it. I mean Kaiser.
2: Not the no.
0: he's been a little too inconsistent
1: for me, yeah. and the Jets' defense has actually been playing pretty but well.
2: It's not the worst time in the world if you were going to give him a shot. You if could they, do worse, yeah. right?
1: Yeah. Right. Uh, if there's a time, but it, the, maybe
2: not. I, I'm not recommending that. I'm just saying we didn't talk about him ever. Maybe this yeah, was for one week. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> Panthers Lions. I think it's a better Theo Riddick week than last week. Like we mentioned, Amir Abdullah might not get the volume that he got last week. Uh, Cam might not get the passing production that he got last week. Um, I still, I can like... see a, a good Christian McCaffrey game here. I can too. I think that uh, the the Lions have
1: really given it up to running backs, especially the ones that catch passes, and that is McCaffrey. He was close to being my plump pick, but I've been so upset with him that I felt like if I made him my plump pick and he didn't pull through, that the heartache would just be too much. Yeah, so I might that's, have a, him.
2: that's a real tough one. <laughs> I still like Funches a lot this week, you know, Getting that big target share now, um, Kelvin Benjamin's going to be tangled up with Slay, right. so I think that opens the field up a little bit for Funchess. And as long as uh, Olsen's not there, I think Funchess is still going to be the benefactor. And to me, he's uh, he's definitely like flex consideration in a, in, a stand, in like a not a standard league, a redraft league like any redraft league.
1: Also, um, Patriots did their best job of moving the ball with quicker passes against uh, the Panthers should kind of maybe spell toward it
0: being a Golden Tate week. Absolutely. 49ers Colts, again, and we covered this a lot, but you know this is a weird game where it's like you can start basically anyone who you can think of to start in this game and probably end up being okay. We didn't mention it, but T.Y. Hilton, I think, is a fine play this week. Yes. Um, Dante Moncrief, a little uneasy. Jack Doyle, a little uneasy as well. But – Gore Hilton, like I said, I think Brissett has another strong week. Still, probably very cheap on DraftKings and Fanduel, no doubt. Going to be an interesting, ga- going to be an interesting game because you know this is really one of the more winnable games left on the Niner schedule. I know it's kind of dire to say that in Week Five, but you know they still don't have a win. One of the more winnable games on the Colts' schedule too. <laughs> if very you, true.
1: If you've watched them, I think it's going to be an interesting game. And like you said, I'm starting all the guys that you know. That have been basically startable to this point. I'm even okay with you starting Moncrief if you're in like one of those deeper kind of binds where maybe you have Crabtree and and you really need somebody to come in.
2: All right. I'm looking at. I'm I'm almost tempted to not even bring this guy up, but I just want to now you in case have now to. he scores or something. If you're looking at the longest of long shots, and I know I am the resident tight end garbage man, George Kittle. <laughs> He's been getting a few targets yeah, no, he's been getting here work. and there. Yeah. The the Colts are not very good against a tight end. They're a little bit better against your standard receiver. Obviously I like Pierre Garcon a lot this week, but with Marquise Goodwin out, right. there's another there's room for someone else to get some catches, especially if Garcon doesn't live up to the T Hill's promise. No doubt. Okay.
0: Titans, Dolphins, uh it's now or never for this Jay Cutler Dolphins Show offense, me something, Miami. Third, you are playing the most burnable defense in the NFL so far besides the, New England. The third defense in a row that you can consider like a start everybody type of matchup. And you know what? The same thing goes for Jay Ajayi here because he has really underperformed so far this year. Hasn't even gotten in the end zone yet. Obviously, the Dolphins as a team have not gotten in the end zone uh except for once at the very end of the Jets game. So, you know, this is a tough matchup for him. I know, Tom, you said
2: you actually liked him this week. Yeah, I'm going to stand up for him here. You know, week 1, they they're having to mandatorily travel, you know, because of the uh the hurricane and the the weather issues that come with that. Then they're going over to Los Angeles, then they're going over to New York. And then their home game, quote unquote, was in London. Right. So they are traveling like it's nobody's business. And we're always worried
0: about mileage on running backs. (laughs)
2: Yeah. It must feel nice to have a complete week at home for this team. You know, you just saw the Titans get thrashed. Yeah. So I think there's a chance. I don't want to. You know, I I said it the other day. The Dolphins are on fantasy watch right now. But I think JGI, this is a real chance for a get-right game. I know Don, that's like Don's phrase, but it is a real chance for a get-right game for him. I think he can score. I think he can do well. And if you watched him last year, he does it in chunks. Yep. So when the the stars align, this could be one of those. He could
1: have one of those monster games. He's not a guy
2: you want to leave on your bench for someone um, who's just mediocre.
1: Right. Mariota needs to play. Obviously, limited in practice
0: today. I was just checking that to make sure uh, we had the correct, the most updated information. Um, he did get a limited practice in on Wednesday. Looks like he's going to be limited, you know, Thursday, Friday. Hopefully, we have a more clear picture on Saturday or Sunday uh, when we wake up. But it, he does seem like he might get a chance to get out there and play. So if that happens, I think it's all systems go for the t- for the Titans.
2: They did sign another quarterback, but I do like his chances.
0: To yeah, play. and their their head coach said that.
1: Um, his injury is very similar to DeMarco Murray's, which is one that he's been playing through. So maybe that sheds some light into, you know, maybe the, t- the Titans feel confident
0: in managing that type of injury, but um, we'll see. That if was he- a great nugget, Scott. To me, I hear that and I think, okay, he'll play, but he's not going to run anywhere near as much as he typically would. Right.
2: If he doesn't play, I mean, I would consider starting even Derrick Henry, just with the amount of handoffs that they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna be running.
0: Absolutely righty, right, we're moving on now to the Chargers and the Giants. I think the chess match of Eli Manning and Philip Rivers, who can throw the most mind-numbing interception. Game It can game, look like checkers a lot great, more yeah. than it looks like chess. Yeah,
2: yeah this is checkers. <laughs> yeah, especially with that <laughs> nice. with the
0: ball just jumping off jumping all over the place. Um you know, this is a wildly <laughs> intriguing game, you know, and it's not even because of like the whole draft day trade anymore, but these two, yeah, it's just like weird stuff always seems to happen when the giants and the chargers get together.
1: Yeah. And it doesn't really happen very often. So when it does, we have to, uh, cherish these, these dear moments, especially with Phil and Eli in their twilight years. Um, you know, we kind of really beat this game yeah Pope I mean I kind of like Wayne Gallman if you need somebody
0: to that's that's all I'll say that's I was gonna ask you how do you feel about your boy Wayne Gallman so I'm, I, I'm glad to know you're still believing oh I still believe he's by far their best running back oh and uh Odell he uh was nicked in his ankle and his disgusting gross uh dislocated finger uh for those of you who might have saw the picture it was pretty gross yeah um <laughs> Gross enough that I don't even really think we should put it out on the Ruts account. Um, It really made me squeamish. Uh, But he was limited in practice. He's going to be limited all week, and he's probably going to
2: play. He's going to play. Yeah.
0: So uh, let's move then to the Cardinals and the Eagles. This is a game that we've barely touched at all. I think this is a game the Eagles win. I think this is a game where the Eagles' defense, you know, those pass rushers, you know, Arizona's offensive line has looked unbelievably bad so unbelievably bad, the non-existent 49ers pass rush had a field day against Carson Palmer. So I think you know he could be in for another rough one against the Eagles.
2: Eagles defense is a very startable defense in this scenario, and I don't think they're widely owned. I think they're no. not they're not prohibitive. Like you can go out and get them. Uh, I think if you think about the Eagles about to win, then it lends itself to more of a LeGarrette Blunt game. Wendell Smallwood. Did find himself onto the injury report today. uh Oh, so consider yourself and myself, and ourselves on Clement watch, in case he gets an uptick in the, uh, in the carry count.
1: I hope that the Eagles, um, give Blunt that work that uh, you know we, the three of us, were really hoping for him to get he ran so good against the Chargers. that 68 yard run that he had was beast mode like
2: when they've given him enough opportunities like just a normal amount of carries touchdown or 100 plus, yards he's been doing great touchdown so, or 100 yards if he's gotten it and it's carries. so funny because the crowd when they give him the ball cheers so loudly yeah <laughs> they're trying to coach the team yeah. through uh through that effect and i love it yeah, also oh sorry go no ahead. go no go well, I was going to move so on. So polite. Oh, yeah, for it. Um,
1: you know, Jeffrey, obviously, is getting the Pat Pete treat- treatment. Um, Thank you
2: for bringing that up. That's why I said I'd bench him before. Right,
1: so I'm, I'm not too psyched on him. Uh, Ertz should be fine, uh, kind of like Aguilar in a DFS situation because the second receivers have actually done great against the Cardinals. It's been really the first receivers that have struggled. Uh, and then for the, for the Cardinals uh, – you got to fire up Andre Ellington. He got way too many targets last week, I think, not to start him. Over 100 Good flex yards play.
2: from scrimmage.
1: And I like their receivers, too. I mean, even, you know, obviously we spoke about Jerron Brown. He's played 90% of the snaps uh, over the past two weeks. He's been very involved uh, target share-wise over the past three weeks. So he's really trending as their number two receiver. And with a ton of attention that goes to Larry Fitz and the fact that the Cardinals throw the ball close to 45 times a game, you know, all these receivers on the Cardinals, but especially John Brown, worth the start. Yeah, all right. if this
2: one goes game script the way that we expect it. That's a perfect point, and the Eagles' running back should have a an uptick as well.
0: Yep, Jags Steelers. I think this is a game we expect the uh, the Steelers to play very well in. It's a positive matchup for them. Um, Jalen Ramsey on Antonio Brown can't should be a wait. good battle. That, I can't um, wait for that, and you know should be an interesting one. You're playing Levy on where you got him. I think at this point you got to throw out Leonard Fournette when you got him. Tough week for Marquise Lee and Alan Hearns if you're trying to get cute. And, you know, we're practically ignoring that Mercedes-Lewis three touchdown game at this point. Well, so yeah. are the Jags. Yeah. Um,
1: you know, the the Steelers' corners and Jaguars' corners have actually been uh, two of the better classes in the NFL so far. Yep. People don't really realize that, but...
0: Uh,
2: Got a stat the, for you if you need it. Yeah, go ahead. Jalen Ramsey, coverage yards, 42 and wow. then Artie Burns from the Steelers—that's who it is. Sixty-one.
1: Artie Burns. I was trying to remember their name. Artie Burns is turning into one of those corners. He's excellent. Been, he's been playing great this year. I think he shut down all the receivers on the Steelers and the Jags. Besides Antonio he's Brown. only uh, behind
2: Artie Burns is only behind Patrick Peterson and Jalen Ramsey right now. Yeah.
0: Who's there? Is there other? Who's their other cornerback? Smithers. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that was good. You tricked me pretty good.
0: Seahawks Rams. Um this is the game for the Sean McVay offense in Los Angeles to see if it's for real. I think, you know, if we, if we get a good golf week, a good cup week, hopefully a good Watkins week, and he proves me wrong, um, but if they, can, if they can put up the points, if they can, you know, hang with the Seahawks, I think we're going to start to see that this Rams team is for real. I'm just so nervous about actually trusting that it is.
2: Yeah, Cliff Averill out this game, which should bode well for Mr. TG3. Yes. Who has been putting on a clinic. You're obviously starting him. And he
0: played well against the Seahawks in both of their games last year. Yeah,
2: I was almost going to have him as a plum pick. I looked at his career stats versus the Seahawks. Right. And when you, they're not jump off the page because they're versus the Seahawks. But they're above average versus the Seahawks, right? Get, so, with
1: a horrible team last year.
2: Yeah, so. and it goes back to that five and five record um, that they've had since the start of Russell Wilson's career over there. And it's just a, it's just one of those strange NFL coincidences that they play him tough. Yeah. It's more
1: of a uh, shout out to him, but. Greg the Leg, I started him in FanDuel last week, <laughs> and he helped me beat Tom with an absolutely amazing performance. I think you could start him again this week. Uh, Seahawks D is pretty good, so I think Greg the Leg, you know, he'll be teeing up a couple 40 yarders again this
0: week. And, and if yeah, you want to. Scott
2: wanna... got first, I got second.
0: <laughs> and if you want to participate in the Blair Walsh project, you can, but that is a wicked and wild ride if you're trusting his legs sure at this point. Ravens Raiders, uh, Godspeed, A.J. Manuel. We're going to need you, uh, yes. especially if Carr is going to be closer to that six-week time frame than the two-week time frame that the team gave out uh, right after we recorded on Monday. Got to be scared for everybody in Oakland,
1: but he has the, you know, E.J. Manuel's never, pl- here's my case for him. E.J. Manuel played on the Bills. He didn't have Lashawn, or I'm sorry, Lashawn McCoy. He did have Lashawn McCoy. <laughs> he didn't have Marshawn and Crabtree and Cooper and Jared Cook, who's you know, emerging as he
2: had LaShawn McCoy and was only one dimensional. Right,
1: exactly. So so is it possible that he can get it together and actually win them some games? I do believe it is possible. I just don't really think in this week it's gonna be because Oakland can be run on too. And we've seen the Ravens in the games that they've won play good defense and just pound the ball up the middle. And Alex Collins look like we said,
0: he looked very good last week.
2: Yeah, I think with Beast Mode this week you see, uh, Le'Veon Bell four yarding them to death last week, being the Ravens. Right. Um. So, I don't know if they're gonna just give beast mode the you know four yard to death. So like a million carries, a million carries, right. a million carries. What you're looking for there is the is the plunge, the one yard plunge. Right. So in standard leagues, I can see it, um, because you know the the total the point total for Le'Veon Bell and running backs against them has been pretty decent. How
1: do you feel about – I have it written on my notes. How do you feel about a Jalen Richard DFS play? No. I mean, I, I actually like it. Um, he's going to be involved. He's dirt cheap. He's going to catch passes.
2: Yeah, I like it. And only in like DraftKings where there's the three wide receivers and then flex, and right. you know, that contest we play in every week. That's a – you got to get someone cheap sometimes yeah, and I it, think, when it hits. Because we're, we're in – this is, you know, an aside almost, but we're in such a large contest. To get to the top, you've really got to pull out someone like that. You need
1: McCown and Safarian Jenkins and Jalen Richard if you're going to get these top flight guys. And, you know, it's funny when you bring these guys up to people who don't really are really like too involved in DFS are like, no way. Why would you play him? But then when you're making your team, you're like,
2: it opens Jaylen up a Richard. lot of, <laughs> it opens up a lot of doors for you. And I was actually thinking about it earlier today. So I'm on the same wavelength Ravens wise. Macklin, um you know Wallace. Wallace, uh, they're still not great. I think to Ben me. Watson's on the injury report now. To me, those guys are like only matchup plays, and I've I've said that before. But if you're someone who has like Prior Thomas, like something like that, like Crabtree, you're, yeah, yeah, Prior Thomas, Crabtree, like you're riddled this week. Those are guys I could look to, especially if they're available. We did see um, the first touchdown for uh Mike Wallace. Mike Wallace. Sorry. Literally almost just forgot his name. Yeah. He's like, been <laughs> forgotten for
0: most of this year, so I don't blame you at all.
2: I remember I remember the memory of him scoring a touchdown, but I don't and then um Macklin has done okay. So those are guys that I would I would bring out call up to the big leagues if you've got a really, really tough roster yeah. this week.
0: What a fun game this is gonna be. Packers, Cowboys. I Love this matchup for both offenses. I think it's going to be really high scoring. Last year, if you remember, Ezekiel Elliott really torched the Packers on the ground. Dak Prescott threw a couple of touchdowns. And Rodgers was playing comeback mode all, all game last year. I think it's a different game script. I think the Cowboys are going to be the team in comeback mode because their defense has been torched. The Packers, who all who looked really unhealthy, all of a sudden looked really healthy. Their two tackles, Bulaga Bakhtiari, both back at practice this week. Ty Montgomery, limited in practice today, and Devontae Adams. How on earth this happened, but he was limited in practice. Still in the concussion protocol is Devontae Adams, but
2: Jamal Williams. he might
0: actually play, and Jamal Williams, too. So this is a Packers offense that's getting healthy at the right time, playing against a Cowboys defense who hasn't had a turnover in the last two games, and already lost to a quarterback from Cal. Hashtag Stats.
2: Yeah, there's something in the water up in Green Bay. They're they're healing quickly. No kidding. I hope they keep Devonte Adams out of the game, and I selfishly hope—well, maybe not selfishly—I hope they keep Ty Montgomery out of the game as well. Um, I you know just give him some time. It's a lower yeah. rib injury. I don't know how these guys play like that. You know, props to them. Agreed. I know there's a little bit of a you know medical. And Jones ran well in in his limited stint. He too. did. He did. And you know Jamal Williams, people are forgetting, is the one who came in first. Right. So it's crowded if they're yeah. all healthy. It's kind of stinks like poop to me. Um That's safe. <laughs> thank you. If <laughs> only Brent had done that during the interview on one day. Scott is far away from the mic. He's doubled over. Um, I do love Randall Cobb this week. Yeah. Uh, it just screams Randall Cobb to me. You know, it's it's that fast guys who have who've have had a real success versus the 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 Dallas defense. And, of course, Jordy, you're going to start him every week. So I'm a little bit afraid of the backfield this week. Where I have time Montgomery. I'm really not going to play him, uh, even if he is active because that can kind of get scary. Yeah, it can goose egg you. It can one, two point you, and you'd be better off playing almost anyone. So the Packers, for the most part, you send them out there. And
0: another thing to monitor, if the Packers jump out to a big lead early, like I kind of think that they might, they might, sit, they might play Devontae Adams and then pull him. And play Devonta or play Ty Montgomery and pull him too to kind of preserve them and get them ready for next week. Again, Packers coming off a ten day buy. They can get their guys even more time if they take a big lead and hold it I, in this game.
1: I'd be surprised if they if they took a big lead on Dallas. I know Dallas' defense isn't great by any stretch of the imagination, but their Neither offense is, is getting better pre-banks. every week. Yeah. So I think I think we're looking at another Like you said, I I agree with you, that game script where it seems like the Cowboys will be the team that's coming back, but I do think that it will be high scoring like it was last year. I I like, uh,
0: Terrence Williams or Bryce Butler as deep daily fantasy throws too. Sunday night's game chiefs, Texans, this game could as easily be in the thirties as it is in the teens. Um, I think the chiefs want it to be closer to the teens. Obviously the Texans with the way their offense looked are looking to keep it in the thirties. Um, This is a really interesting game. I'm not afraid of starting Deshaun Watson this week, though. I'm never
1: afraid of starting him from now on. I think he just looks—he's looked too good since he started. And you know, one of the things that I brought up in the in the quarterbacks episode that uh, all the way back when he was my plump pick, then uh, I just really liked his poise and humble brag, his overall demeanor. You know, and uh, it's showing. It really is, and I think he's going to get better and better. And, uh, you know, at the very least, he can get you 50 rushing yards.
2: Not a guy who's going to be afraid to play in primetime. You know, Wells is always one of my favorite things about him. And I think he opens up a lot of options in the offense. I think Will Fuller is interesting. He's probably interesting in um, daily as long as his last big week didn't shoot Boost his price his value too high. Much, yeah. But he's someone who should be owned and will monitor that relationship as it grows. Um, Griffin, not the worst tight end. You know, another one that you could— Bring out there, throw them out of the trash pile and into the uh, into the limelight.
0: <laughs> Do we get Boomer Bust Travis Kelsey this week? Because he, he's been a, he's been frustrating in that regard. Um, you know, in the top five for tight ends and points, but that's really only on the backs of those two big games against the Eagles and Monday night against Washington.
2: Well, I mean, I think Travis Kelsey owners really just don't have much room to complain right yeah. now Agreed. because you're getting those big games and. Sure, you have a couple down ones, but that's the case with anybody. Like you even just have Antonio Brown have a down week. Like Kelsey's a very good, um, he's a very good choice. He's someone who's getting a larger target share than most tight ends, which is the rarity as far as tight ends go. So, um, Ty- Travis Kelsey owners, shut up.
1: <laughs> and when he has when he has a big week, like relative to who he's playing against, like last week unless he was playing against like Gronk or someone like yeah. at the very top he's dominating that matchup for you so you know just sit tight i think that kelsey i'm pretty sure he actually has had some pretty big games
0: against the texans in the past so yes actually he has he had um i think it was like 3 years ago he had two touchdowns in the opener against the texans and i think in the playoff game that they played against each other uh, in one of the last few years, he had two touchdowns in that game as well. So I'll say that that he's probably going to have a pretty good game this week. I love giving out Travis Kelsey stats, so here's one more. He has eight 100-yard receiving games since, I think it's like week nine of last year. The only player who has more, Julio Jones. Hashtag stats. The Monday night game is Vikings-Bears. We talked about it. Mitch Trubisky's debut. We love the uh, Chicago ground game. Cohen and Howard, I think he can still start With confidence, Scott, you're feeling Zach Miller this week. I think you did a great job convincing us and our listeners that they can trust him, especially in a daily fantasy where he's going to be cheaper. For the Vikings, I'm rolling out everybody.
2: Vikings D as well.
0: Yeah, might as well. Um, Take a shot against the rookie. Jordan Howard is worth a start.
1: Uh, Last year, he went wild against the Vikings in his only two games against them. I think that you know there will obviously be a lot more attention on him, but... Amir Abdullah just had a career day against the Vikings, so they can be run on. And I'm telling you, I don't have the stats written down, but Jordan Howard went nuts against them. We'll have in to throw that out times. on a Twitter account.
2: I don't hate Tariq Cohen obviously here either. You know, I just don't think
1: he's gonna score.
2: Well, uh, in the PPR formats, you know that's the kind of guy I like because he's bailing you out on the receptions. And the fact is that he could score. Right. So it it kind of weighs the same. Um, you know, they have that good front. They have the good. Uh, deep ball guys you know Xavier Rhodes right defensive backs so those are the kind of guys I like in those kind of matchups where he can kind of exploit the middle and I think Zach Miller is much of the same the receiving running backs and the tight ends kind of play that same area of the field sometimes so I think we're in more of agreement than we think
0: definitely all right well we hope you're in agreement that we uh we gave you some great takes for the upcoming week five slate uh, enjoy it, everybody, because it's uh, a lot of intriguing games. Especially, I like the uh, I like the Thursday night game. Tonight's game, I really think the the Pats and Bucks are going to give us a good one. So, uh, hopefully, you all are watching. Hopefully, you all are following us on Twitter at RutsFF. Tom is at HillierFF. Scott is at WagsFF. I am at Serious. We will be back with you on on Tuesday morning with another Internet celeb interview. We're going to be interviewing Utah YouTube star Tana Montana one hundred. Uh, we're gonna get into uh, what makes it a what makes a day in the life of a uh, of a YouTube personality. I'm really excited for this one.
2: And how that correlates to of course fantasy football. Absolutely.
0: Right. Yeah, we're really interested in that. She's got a dog named after Odell Beckham. Jets are gonna be we'll three to ask two next time that. we record. All right. There you go. Good one <laughs> to end on, Scotty. We will see you next week for the week five recap, and until then, keep scoring.